Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so let's have it. How much are you going to spend on Valentine's Day? I think this is a uh, question that starts out with X plus Y equals and how guilty are you feeling about your behavior in the last 12 months? Is that really – that's – I've always thought this is the great guilt holiday. You know, this is the one day you can kind of not hopefully screw things up. I'm talking to the guys. Uh, I don't know what the ladies would say, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, guilt drives this holiday to expenditures that are way, way out of whack for some of you. And they are, but you know what I say, Nathan? Like, can you really put a price on love? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I go <laughs> to do. Vegas. They, yeah, you probably can. Amy. Yeah, of course we do here on the show because that's what we do. So Allworth has actually been tracking for like thirty years now what we call the cost of loving index, and it's like nine items that every year we look at the price of them and see how they've gone up. And the good news uh, for those of you is that certain items um, haven't gone up much this year. In fact, the overall index is up about. About 3%. Certain items on that index, though, are going to get you more than others, including, and I think this is interesting, uh, wine. A bottle of wine. So we track a bottle of Chardonnay um, every year. Um, a bottle of Russian River Valley. Same bottle of Chardonnay that we lo- look at every year. Last year, nice bottle, $36. This year, same bottle, 51 bucks. I wonder, Nathan, if it's because so many people have just been ordering so much alcohol online during this time, you know, like, I don't know, Amy, how have you been, how have you been doing, Amy? (laughs) (laughs) How are you, how are you getting through those long nights when the kids, uh, you're still doing homework at 1030 at night, huh? I would not want to tally the number of bottles that I have gone through since this pandemic first started, but you know, it's interesting to think back because this was really the last normal holiday before the pandemic started last year. So I think for a lot of us, you know, it was going out to dinner with, you know, our our significant other, our spouse, whatever that was, or, you know, celebrating in some way that meant being out in public. This year, though, I think it's going to look a lot different for a lot of people. And I also think that will probably affect the bottom line. Well, you know, I think actually we're looking at this thing maybe entirely wrong. You know, I've been doing Valentine shows on Simply Money for this will be my 28th valentine's show all right so it's about time that i finally can i'm gonna tell you you know what the true cost of love is about half like about half of all the money you have if you get (laughs) caught not being faithful that's the cost of loving all right that's is there otherwise find another there are so many ways to express love and i will say this as my parting valentine's day show and that is you know they, you've always heard it's the thought that counts, all right? And I know not everybody here has got a great romantic soul and words don't always come easy to you, but try finding a poem or a limer, a limerick. You know, there are only five lines and you got to just, you know, only got to rhyme three of them. I mean, come on. It's, it's, you know, do something which shows a little initiative that's different, 
All right. I like that uh, fact I, that there's thought part of that, right, too? Like, you had to sit down and put some thought into it, not just, like, stop at the convenience store and get some flowers or a box of chocolates on the way home. Yeah, and so I, you know, I think that, that overall that Valentine's Day is only up 3% is actually uh, showing some pretty good restraint. Uh, so, uh, but let's talk about um, unemployment and uh, you don't want to go out and the National Retail Federation now predicting there will be a significant decrease on uh, Valentine spending this year as opposed to 2021, which I'm actually okay with. As long as you don't, uh, one word of advice, guys, don't use it. You, you're not getting a hall pass on this. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I couldn't go out to get the flowers. No, they deliver, okay, and, uh, gee, I couldn't couldn't get any candy or I couldn't get you your favorite this or that because of the pandemic. No, no, no. That that excuse is not going to fly. However, you, uh, spending less I th- may, for many of you, be appreciated. Well, and so last year, the average person spent 196 bucks on Valentine's Day. When you, Every year when we look at these numbers, I'm always like, who is spending that much money? That is crazy talk. Um, down, though, this year to $164, so pretty significantly down over 30 bucks on average uh, this year. And I think, to your point, Nathan, unemployment. I mean, there's a lot of people who aren't working this year, which doesn't give you the hall pass to say, I'm not even going to say Happy Valentine's Day to you. I'm not going to cook you dinner. I'm not going to write you a pie. Poem. I'm not going to shovel the driveway, like whatever that looks like for you. Um, but this year, it might be more of the creative, what can we do together rather than what can we spend money on? Yeah. So let me tell you, we have Al Riddick comes on our show, president of Game Time Budgeting. I'm going to tell you guy. right now, as you listen to what I'm about to say next, it's people like Al Riddick that ruin it for the rest of us. Here's how. It's funny that you say that because I I saw the picture that you're going to talk about here in a second, and I thought, oh, my gosh. We're going to post it. We're going to post it. His wife is so lucky. (laughs) Okay. See? And that's what you want your wife to be, uh, your wife's friends to be saying when they hear what you did. This is the true standard, all right? Forget that, oh, here's the flowers that you got at Kroger, and they look like the last ones that uh, that they sold because everything else was already bought when you were rushing in on the way home. No, no, no. So here's what Al Riddick does. He goes, because there's still snow, and Lord knows if there'll be snow on uh, uh, Valentine's Day, though I'm guessing it's what the forecast Probably. likely to be. He builds a huge, and I mean it's got to be like three feet high, mm-hmm. a huge heart. And then the guy goes, and he gets some red dye or, or whatever, Spray and he makes something. a red ice heart in the front yard. All I'm going to tell you is, on behalf of all the rest of us, Al, we hate you. <laughs> because, I mean, if I was, you know, if you live near me, I, I can just see what's happening. All the neighbors going, oh, did you see what Did you see what Al did for his wife? You no good son of a, did you, yeah, yeah. What did you do for me? Oh, 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 you bought me uh, uh, night vision goggles from uh, from uh, the sporting goods store. That was a nice present. You know what I mean? And this would be the com- uh, the comparison between the Al Riddicks of the world and some of the rest of you. But I love this about Al because he's always so practical and smart about money, but he also makes sure that like he's not cheap and he's not right shorting anyone who's important to him in his life. And so I think for those of you who are scratching your head saying, I don't have the money this year, what can I do? Something like that. Something. If your wife were to look out the window tonight, right, and see this enormous um, heart in the snow or your initials plus blah, blah, blah equals love, whatever you want to do, um, I guarantee this would be the Valentine's Day that she talks about 
10, right. 15 years later, remember that Valentine's Day when you did that for me in the snow? Like, it's so easy to be thoughtful, and it doesn't necessarily need to cost money. And I think that for, you know, anyone listening tonight, this should be your takeaway. And don't and, and, and don't get stupid at the end, okay? If you should happen to want to, and it doesn't have to be as, Al's was huge, all right? You could just make a little frozen heart. But I'm going to tell you something. When when people used to do nice things for me, men would, you know, help me in business or something. I started something a long time ago, and you're going to, I'm going to tie this together with Al Riddick. So I would send the guy a, 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 bou- a bouquet of flowers, roses, and I would say, uh, with two cards in it, one was me saying thank you very much for the help in that last business deal, and then the second card, and then I'd say, and the second card is blank. If you're as smart as I think you are, you'll take these flowers, you'll fill out a message, and you'll take it home, and you will say, "Hi, honey, I was just thinking of you today." Mm-hmm. So, do you know what every single person they save one has done when I sent that to them? What they went home and they walked in the house with the flowers, and for a moment, their wife was like. Oh, Oh, that is so nice. And they would say, hi, here's some flowers. And they say, of course, the next question, well, where'd you get these? So oh, Nathan gave them to me. And then they would go, great. Well, why don't you bring him home then? Because he seems to be the considerate one in the bunch, you know? And so every guy blew it. So, so I'm going to tell this, you. There was at least one smart one who took credit for it himself? Oh, oh, absolutely. Right. Uh, uh, the fellow who actually introduced me uh, on the set of CNBC to um, Andy Stout, Okay. To go to go back away. So the guy had a big, uh, you know, he did something really great for me. He introduced me to the guy who became our chief investment officer. I'm like, yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty good solid. So I sent, him, I, I sent him the flowers. So here's what, the punchline to the story is this. You don't want to go out and do this thing. And then and when, when your wife says, oh, it's a good idea. Say, don't don't even mention Simply Money. We don't we don't even want to be on this deal. Al Riddick, he doesn't exist. Do not go and say, oh, yeah, well, I got this idea from Al Riddick. And, you know, because they're like, oh, so, ma- claim it. Own it. You came up with this thing all by yourself. It was you your idea. Oh, yeah. Trust me. The two of us, Amy and I, maybe many things, but we ain't dumb and we ain't stupid, okay? And we have very good relationships with the people that we're hanging around with. So, <laughs> so there you go. Now, if you're going to cop out and go the standard fare, uh, literally, so to speak, uh, a word of warning, $115 is the going price now for a dozen long stem roses. They got great ones at Costco, but you got to get there early. You might even have to pre-order them. You know, I got Adrian Durbin right down the street from me, so for me, I can literally just about walk to uh, to the oh, floor. So um, I'm good there. Uh, if, for those of you, if there's anybody out there who thinks that a bottle of Chanel Number no. Five perfume for three hundred and forty dollars is going to make a difference, I have to tell you something. If you think that that is going to help, then you probably should save that three hundred and fifty bucks and use it towards the deductible for some counseling. All right, because <laughs> I I'm not quite so sure. You know, really, it's no, it's not going to help. And then of course. Uh, a three-course meal at the Summit Hotel, assuming uh, that I'm, I'm taking it. Uh, you know, I would get that for takeout, but, you know, it's like I, I keep wanting to go to Ruby's because I really do like uh, the way they sear a piece of cow flesh. Yeah. Boy, that sounds romantic, doesn't it? Well, Hi, you honey, know let's go offer some seared cow flesh. No. So, I mean, but the Ruby's does have, and they're probably not available anymore, but they did have a Valentine's Day take-home thing that you can do, and you're good at grilling, so that would totally work. I think there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out, okay, how can we get to people this year? You mentioned Summit Hotel, three-course dinner for 50 bucks. That's one option. Finley Market. And I've been down there actually a couple times since the pandemic. Everyone is wearing a mask, but they're doing a sweet and savory stroll from two to six, uh, five Five tickets and a glass of champagne for $12. 12 tickets and two glasses of champagne, 25 bucks. 
it's a way to get out. And if you feel comfortable doing that, uh, maybe sharing, you know, a little bit of time together doing something like that. Doesn't cost much. Neither one of those does. You know, 25 bucks in a day at Finley Market. That sounds like a great deal to me. Yeah. Or sit down with your partner and say, you know, let's go over our credit scores and see how we can raise them because that's important. <laughs> or maybe try this one up for size. Ask your spouse. Say, uh, uh, ask and if you're married, ask your wife. Say, um, so how do you feel about our advisor? And if you get a big, long pause, you know, like, what do you think about Joe, our football coach who used to sell us insurance policies, who now tells us he can do everything else in the world, you know, that financial advisor. And when your wife doesn't immediately respond with, oh, I love Joe. He's great. He's starting to get that long, pregnant pause, which makes you realize that your partner is thinking, okay, what am I really going to tell him? It's Valentine's Day. Does he really want to hear what I think of all those lousy jokes and the Bengals and this and the fact that the guys, you know, ugh. I can't stand to walk in the same room with them. Ask, because what we do know, guys, is that two-thirds of your partners will get rid of your advisor once you're dead. That's how little they like them. So if you want to really start next year, starting with Valentine's Day, on the right note, try doing that. You may find that costs you nothing, and that will be the best gift you could ever give to your wife. And that was an amen from Amy, who has been a wife. So all I can tell you guys, (laughs) if I'm lying... I'm dying. Now, when pharmacies have extra vaccines, what do they do with them? This is an ever-changing landscape. We'll talk about it just ahead in three minutes. You're listening to Simply Money on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrag along with Amy Wagner. Why is right now maybe the perfect time to check up on your risk tolerance? Because... As you know, everything that goes up at some point, yeah, it also could go in the other direction. The time to ask how you feel about that is not after it does it, but before. That's why we're going to talk about it at 643. Pharmacies have the same problem that you have when you stare into your refrigerator. And that is, what am I going to do or what are you going to do with the leftovers? Truly, like I've got blackberries in mind right now that I'm like, if I do not eat these right now, they're going to go bad. And so pharmacies that have to get this vaccine out because it has to be stored at such cold temperatures, once they get out the doses that they think they need for that day to vaccinate people, if there are any leftovers, um, they are are looking for people to give these shots to. Now, I just heard a story today, Nathan, um, that someone was scheduled to go in on a certain day and they got a call the day before from CVS, which is where they were scheduled to go into. Uh, And they said, hey, we've got extra, you know, vials of this available. You can come on in tonight. So you got to be available. You almost got to keep your phone on you. Yeah. And you you better hope that the pharmacy that where you could go is near rather than further away. So my wife is a little over 10 years younger than me. And so this puts her right below at the 59 and a half so that um, I'm guessing she gets to get the vaccine when the world Gets to get gets the vaccine mm-hmm. uh, and uh, good luck. Uh, me, however, being a little older than her, you know, uh, I'm getting my shot on Tuesday. Thank you very much. And I'm, you know, of all the, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. By the way, in a certain in a certain sense, in another way, eh, not so much. But um, I've had reports from friends who, in uh, December and early January, were showing up at places and um, uh, saying, "You have any extras?" And when we asked that question uh, to Kroger, they said, we do have a list. 
And uh, unfortunately, what the way it works is you have to be already eligible in order to get on their list. So that if you are a 65-year-old at this point in Ohio and you wanted to uh, couldn't get an appointment because the computer systems are a bit tough, um, we'll put you on the list. And then when someone cancels, which invariably will happen for whatever reason, we will call you. And then you can come in. And so I'm like, so at least there is... In, in Ohio, some sanity. Now, my brother-in-law is down in Texas. He said he's never seen such an efficient system in his life, which is a whole lot different than some other states. And I'm hoping that Ohio will get a little bit better about it. But, but there's you know. stories out there of people showing up at drugstores and grocery stores outside of pharmacies just waiting around toward the end of the day hoping for extra doses, and there's a number of uh, grocery stores who are saying, please, please don't do that. Like, we will contact the next people in line. We're not going to give it to random people. But then you also hear of them giving them to random people. So I don't know what the answer is. You know what? Try, try, and try again. Every Sunday, the All Worth Advice column runs in the Cincinnati Inquiry. We start previewing it, and you can see it if you like, if you can't wait right now at Cincinnati.com. Our first question comes from FM, who will be remain otherwise nameless in Anderson. And this this question is really goes to the spirit of Valentine's Day, doesn't it? <laughs> I was married for 22 years, FM says, and then divorced last year. My ex keeps telling me that I have no right to his Social Security benefits and that if I try, he's going to call Social Security to keep me from getting anything. As we would... Uh, uh, where I grew up, as we would say, this is not a mensch. This is not a guy who is displaying. Uh, this is man behaving badly, I think. So in the spirit of Valentine's Day, Amy, please straighten FM out. Yeah, I'm going to try to answer this question without passing judgment on this guy who sounds like oh, go um, ahead. Go ahead. a, a total he gem it. here, right? Here's the great news for you, FM. You can completely claim Social Security benefits off of his record, meaning you're entitled to half of what he gets. And here's the beauty of it. He will never, ever know. He can't call Social Security. He can't tell on you. He can't deny you. It is up to you, and he'll, he'll never know. Yeah. One piece of advice, however, given the situation that FM seems to be uh, describing here, I would say not only does he not need to know, but don't tell him that you got it. All right. And then that way he won't have something else to go ballistic on, because it seems that in this case, your ex is already, um, shall we say, waxed that uh, you're going to get Social Security. Um, and by the way, if you have a friend who was married for 10 years, got divorced, married, married another person for 10 years, got divorced, married a third person 10 years and got divorced and, and you know, got a really big benefit. I want you to understand that the way the system is currently set up, there could be three ex partners all collecting because all you got to do is put 10 years of hard labor in with this knucklehead and then you're good to go so you know you that, do, this, though, that's the person that's that's costing your tax dollars no kidding you do though need to know his social security number in order to file on his benefits so make sure you keep that around or if not you have to have his date of birth where he was born the names of his parents so that social security can somehow correctly identify the person that you're going to be claiming from so just make sure that you have those records and in place before you contact Social Security. Yeah, so real quick, next question comes from Tim in Claremont County who said his paycheck got smaller. <laughs> you might want to talk to the boss about that, but uh, he's wondering if Biden imposed some sort of a tax increase. 
No, so this is last year when everyone was hurting so badly um, and there was a, a, a tax freeze that was essentially up to your employer, um, which meant they wouldn't charge you extra taxes on um, on certain things. But here's the deal. If they did that, it wasn't like it was going to be forgiven. At some point, you're going to have to pay it back. And it looks like this is probably the piper coming due. And this could only happen in the payroll of September 1st through December 31st. And private companies could elect to temporarily suspend the 6.2% payroll tax. So if now that's being instituted, that's what you're having to pay. Yeah, you know, I hate when that happens. But uh, Catches I'm, up with you. My sense is that that will be the least of your worries when it comes to tax. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Taxes and balancing the budget. The only good news, hopefully we're saving a few dollars along the way. Lord knows there's uh, lots of uh, things you probably aren't spending money on. So hopefully it all washes out in the end. So how about some push-ups and some sit-ups for your wallet? Al Riddick joins us, president of Game Time Budgeting. Love having Al here. That's just ahead at 634. You're listening to Simply Money on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner. Did you put on the COVID-10 pounds this year? Maybe the COVID-15? Maybe you've got some focus on your fitness this year. You maybe want to lose a little bit of weight, get back in the gym, whatever that looks like. But have you thought about your financial fitness because it is incredibly important joining us tonight with some great tips on how to get our financial fitness under control al riddick president of game time budgeting good friend of ours regular on the show al i love this topic because it's a great thing to be thinking about this time of year Yes, ma'am. When it comes to uh, to maximizing your your financial fitness in 2021, uh, one of the first things people need to do is conduct what I call your financial inventory. Okay, so when you so it's kind that, of like getting a baseline, think, right? Like the first time you do a workout, you kind of get a baseline to see where is my physical fitness level right now. And then six months, a year later, you do the same workout and you realize that was way easier. This is kind of like establishing that baseline, right? 
that was definitely, definitely, when it comes to game planning for 2021, when you do conduct that financial inventory, I always say, first of all, count your money. Now, it sounds simple, but most people, we just tend to count some of the money, but I always say count all of your money. So as an example, if you know that you have an expense coming up later this uh, later this year, go ahead and establish a savings goal to make sure that you can incur that expense without going into debt. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people in this country, you know, we always want to make as much income as possible throughout the year, but we never sit down and set a savings goal. Besides that, uh, another thing that you can do so far as your uh, financial inventory is concerned, let's take a look at that that thing that we hate to discuss called the emergency fund. Amy, yeah. you know, just like I do, at some point throughout our lives in 2021, something is going to happen that's going to cost us money that we didn't expect. So if your emergency fund is on life support, what modifications in your financial behavior can you make right now to allow you to start putting more money towards that? Uh, another thing that you could do to better game plan for 2021, plan for the future, but act in the present. Um, just like uh, most people have uh, the desire to take one, two, three vacations per year, a lot of individuals, unfortunately, get the impulse to go on vacation. Then when they come home, they're still paying for it because they put it on a credit card. Why not start saving right now for the vacation that you want to take in the future, cash flow that baby, and then come home feeling relaxed without the without the financial stress because, you know, now you've incurred debt. And, and another thing that I always say about game planning for the next year, uh, reward good behavior. Um, when you are pursuing any type of, of financial goal or new strategy or modifying your behavior as it relates to money, I don't think there's anything wrong with rewarding yourself. Just make sure that you aren't uh, overspending when you do this, because at the end of the day, we all know that delayed gratification can't last forever. <laughs> well, now I love that you make that point, too, because if you think about this along the lines of whenever you have maybe tried a diet or tried to lose weight, if you try to give up everything that's bad for you at once, right, the wine, the carbs, the sugar, um, you're, you're going to go crazy after a few weeks. But if you allow yourself a cheat meal, uh, you know, a cookie once a week, whatever that is, then it's like, okay, I, I had that taste of whatever, and now I can move on. You've rewarded yourself for being good to that point, which I think further motivates you to move forward. And I think there's a lot of parallels between any kind of a goal that you set with weight loss or whatever it is in your life and financial goals. Rewarding yourself every step along the way, um, you know, keeps you motivated for moving forward. Uh, joining us tonight, Al Reddick, he is president of Game Time Budgeting with some ways to look at financial fitness in 2021. Um, and Al, you say there's a secret weapon that most of us underutilize when we are pursuing financial fitness. What's that secret weapon? The secret weapon, in my opinion, Amy, is what I refer to as productive discipline. So that, to me, is engaging in a behavior that has a positive financial outcome. Now, of course, uh, some people say that they lack discipline. I don't agree with that. Everybody has discipline, but we just express it in different ways. So we have productive discipline, Amy, but then we also have something called destructive discipline mm -hmm. where you're engaging in a behavior that produces a, a negative outcome 
as an example, when people make impulse decisions about spending money based purely on emotion versus logic. So that secret weapon is discipline, but it comes with a form of productive discipline in contrast to destructive discipline. You know, now one of the things that you mentioned, too, is the fact that, you know, coming into 2021, you need to look at, um, you know, if something has changed in your personal life. What if you set some goals for the year and then you get to June and you realize this isn't working or this needs to be adjusted? Or maybe it's even that I've been able to save this amount. Maybe I can save more. How do you make those adjustments? Yeah, the best thing about, uh, to me, personal finance is that, You can make adjustments along the way. Each and every day you wake up, it's kind of like a new opportunity to create a different outcome with money. But once you set a goal, if you're two, three, four months into the year and you see that that goal is not as realistic as you thought it was going to be, maybe you've, uh, I don't know, experienced one person losing an income in a two-income household, maybe your hours on your job are cut back. You have to make adjustments to ensure that your financial, how can I say it, uh, security is being maintained. And I always say you always have to track what you plan to measure. A lot of the times we get in trouble with money is because we're making decisions without doing math. But as an example, let's just say that uh, someone has $5,000 in the emergency fund in January, but in March they have like a $2,500 emergency your initial goal is going to be replacing that money, so that might impact how you uh, create a spending plan for the rest of the year. So that's just an example of how you have to make adjustments along the, the way. But I always like to encourage people, just because you might have to make that adjustment, that doesn't mean you failed at the process. That just means an unexpected event occurred. But the good thing is you adjusted and were able to keep progressing toward your ultimate goal for the year. You have to look at your budget and your financial plans kind of as a living, breathing document, right? I mean, it changes over time with your needs, with your goals. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. So, Al, if you were going to say, here's the number one thing to think about, if you are going to try to change and maximize your financial fitness in 2021, what's the number one thing? The number one thing, if I was going to try to maximize my financial fitness, Uh, I would say, what is my savings rate? Uh, Let me tell you why, Amy. To me, um, your savings rate is one of the few things about money that you have 100% control over. I can't control return in the market, right? I have no control over that, but I have 100% control over money once it's in my possession. So if I say I want my savings rate to be, I don't know, 20% this year of my gross income, I dictate that action, I dictate that behavior, and I have control over what happens for the rest of the year. So to me, I always will probably go to my grave saying the most important thing you can control is your savings rate. Well, and I love that you threw out that 20% number because, you know, that's been a simply money kind of rule of if you can make it to a 20% savings rate, uh, you're probably going to be pretty, pretty good to go in, in retirement. But what if you're nowhere close to that right now? Do you say, okay, just jump to 20% and make some major changes or ease yourself into it and, and go up a percentage a year? 
Okay, most people could not handle going from, sure. let's say, 2% to 20%, so I, I wouldn't uh, suggest people do that. Most people, that is. However, wherever you are right now, and we talked about uh, baseline uh, in a previous discussion, uh, discussion, if you're at maybe like 5%, what might happen if you were to raise that to 7%? And the great thing about the Internet is that you can actually get online and calculate the difference in your take-home pay if you were to go from 5% to 7%, if you were in, invested in like your company's 401k, just as an example. And then based on that data, you can start to formulate how that change in savings rate will impact your overall financial plan for the month. And again, uh, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it always goes back to doing the math. Don't, don't ever make a financial decision based on emotion. Math never lies. <laughs> Great advice tonight from Al Riddick. He is president of Game Time Budgeting. If you're going to try to get more financially fit in 2021, start with that savings rate, increase that, and take it from there. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Bagrag along with Amy Wagner and co-host Steve Sprovac. As you continue to be working from home are you still pulling long hours because you've just lost, in some cases, an hour commute or more each way? An unexpected group is fighting back against that focus. We'll talk about that just ahead in 10 minutes. Stock market doing pretty darn well. What makes uh, right not a great time to check on your risk tolerance? Yes, right well, now is perfect, right? Because it, it, after the past year, you figured out that maybe – Late February, early March, you weren't sleeping anymore, right? And if, if, if what was happening then kept you up at night, the takeaway maybe wasn't that you needed to get out of the market. It was that you need to look at your risk tolerance, and maybe you had some investments that weren't exactly the right fit for you. Well, and, and a lot of people think risk tolerance is timing the market. Is this a good time to get out? Is this a good time to get back in? Risk tolerance is not timing the market. The be best definition I can give you of risk tolerance is last March, when we were in the middle of a free fall in the stock market, if you looked at your account every day and were sweating bullets and wondering, what changes do I need to make? You probably had too much risk. So now that things have settled down, maybe it's a good time to start reexamining how how much risk I do want to take, which is another way of saying, do I want to continue to have the same amount of volatility that I've had for the past year or two? So listen, you walk into any advisor's office, and Steve, you've been a compliance officer in the past and one of your former uh, responsibilities. Let me tell you something. I can fill out a, a risk tolerance questionnaire for every one of you, okay? You don't even need to write down a piece of paper as you're driving home. It will be this. You want to make a lot of money and you don't want to take a lot of risk. Okay, thank you very much. Great. I can do that one. No problem. How did you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Clairvoyant. I, it's not so real. Smart. Okay? So the only question really should be, if you believe that long-term the American economy is going to do good, the question is, how much resources do you have so that you can withstand a sustained decline in the, in the part of your investments that goes up and down, that would be stocks, until they come back around? And I would suggest... Maybe a whole new way to look at it, Steve, would be, look, if you don't have a lot of uh, 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 emergency money, you better be conservative. And if you've got enough money that you can last two or three years and not worry, well, then maybe you should be more aggressive. Because otherwise, you're probably going to do something stupid as soon as you see the market goes down. 
Well, and that's one of the first questions I have for people is, what's your time horizon? And I usually get a blank look and, okay, this particular chunk of money, is it going to be used in the next six months, in the next year? Is this retirement money? Now, my 34-year-old son, he's got a different time horizon than my sorry 61-year-old self. So he can put money away for a long time in his retirement account and take a lot of risk. But if you've got a joint account or an emergency uh, account and you have a specific purpose for that money in the next six months, you don't want to tie it up in, in a large percentage of stocks in most cases. So uh, take a hard look at the purpose of your money and then take a step back and say, fine, do I want 100% stock or do I want a shock absorber on that money? So it's not going all over the place like the big new roller coaster at Kings Island. Many well, years Nathan, ago. I think it's easy to say like, hey, if you've got, you know, a lot of a lot of money, then you can be a little more aggressive. And if you don't you need to be a lot more conservative, that's well and good. But there's people's individual personalities here as well. Right. Yep. Like there is a guy that comes to almost every workshop that we have had at all worth since the beginning of time and he he has he's he's really smart guy he's an engineer he's made plenty of money yet he has zero risk tolerance he is so risk averse that he wants to make all the money and never put as a single dime on the line and so it's really kind of an individual thing yes age life stage how much you've been able to save all play into it but your personality also plays a huge role in this so so can we talk you off the ledge when you want to do something stupid to yourself? And I can tell you, I had a chance to sit with Harry Markowitz. It's, he invented what's called modern portfolio theory. He got a Nobel Prize for it. You know it is asset allocation. Don't put all your eggs in one basket is what your mother, your grandmother would have maybe told you. And I said to him, oh, what do you think about all these different things, Monte Carlo theory and all these other ways? He finally looked at me and he looked around to make sure the sponsor of the lunch wasn't looking because he was getting paid pretty well to be there. And he leaned forward and he looked at me and Ed and he said, you know what? It makes the client feel better, doesn't it? But this is the point. At the end of the day, you better figure out what it takes or who it takes. And maybe it's you have an advisor who says, hey, don't do that. Somebody that you can trust that will make you feel better as markets are going down, recognizing that at some point when they go down, the other side of it is they come back. And if you bet against America, which is what you do, by quite honestly, when you sell shares, thinking maybe this is going to be the big one, invariably, every time, you have been proven wrong. Are you working from home more and more? <laughs> A surprising group of people who are insisting on working actually less, because what would seven hours of Zoom do to the average brain? It probably comes gray matter out your ears. We'll talk about that just ahead in three minutes. You'll listen to Simply Money on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Beckrack, along with Amy Wagner and Steve Sproback. You have been working from home. You got your routine down. In the case of my co-host, Amy Wagner, she's no longer driving from northern Kentucky, somewhere in northern Kentucky, somewhere near an exit, all the way around 275 to our offices on Kemper Road. Let me tell you what, she should work for AAA, not all worth. Well, and you'd think then that because I don't have that commute every day anymore that, like, I would be spending less time at work because I don't have that. Exactly the opposite, and I'm not alone. This was a survey um, by the conference board, uh, human resources leaders, um, reported they've increased their productivity at their companies um, during this time. What I find is because I'm working at home, 
I answer emails at all hours. I I feel like, okay, well, I can do laundry in between doing the show and in taking this call or whatever. So at 9 o'clock at night, I'm still answering emails. I'm still taking calls with people um, on the West Coast. And so without a doubt, I'm working much longer hours than I'm working before. But I'm also helping a fifth grader in the middle of the day make sure he can get on his Google Meet classrooms or whatever. So... I bet there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. I got a little more flexibility and I'm working longer hours. Well, I'm the exact opposite because I'm back to commuting to the office. And uh, I, I guess the point I want to make is it was my wife's idea. <laughs> she was she was tired of seeing me around the house. You, yeah, what time, are you going to do Steve, today, it's time Steve? For you to go mm-hmm. back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when, the, when the question was raised of who would like to drive back to the office, I felt this arm raise my elbow up and my mm-hmm. hand went up in the air. And uh, there, there was my wife. But yeah, you know, for me, it's it's my work life balance is go to work, do work, and then leave work. And the commute at home is kind of a, a, a relaxation, kind of leave it there and let's go home and, and have a good work-life balance. Um, not everybody is dealing with this real well. There, there's a lot more stress showing up in people that are working from their homes and and are finding themselves, yeah, productivity is up, but at what cost? There's more stress that you're keeping in the house. Yeah, I think it was a mental, mental health. of people who were polled said because of this craziness, you're looking at switching a job or moving out of town or or cutting your hours to part time because it's just it's just too much. And if that's you, just understand that you're not alone in this soul searching time or the job searching time, because there's just some people who are saying, you know what, this is not working for me anymore. And interestingly, before this pandemic started, China was known as a nine, nine, six office schedule, nine hour from 9am to 9pm, six days a week. During this time, though, there's a lot of people there who have said, you know what, I'm done too much. I went to see Ed, and it was about 5.30. There was a traffic jam. I said, "Where are you? why are you people out? Go home. Telecommute. Get out of my way, please. Thank you very much. Enjoy the time that you're saving and use it for yourself. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.